So what does this ordinance do? The ordinance, um, first of all, uh, replaces in its entirety section 803I in the existing, uh, yeah, please, in the existing uh, jointure ordinance, zoning ordinance, which is titled wireless telecommunications facilities. And it regulates tower-based uh, wireless communication facilities or WCFs, non-tower WCFs, and small WCFs. Um, tower-based WCFs, we know what they are. They're a tower with antennas around. The non-tower WCFs are the antennas that you might see on top of a roof or on top of a water tower. They're called the non-tower WCFs and the small WCFs, which we're gonna talk about in, uh, in more detail. Small WCFs uh, boost network capacity, not coverage. All, uh, you hear a lot um, on commercials that T-Mobile or AT&T or Verizon has 99% coverage, but uh, coverage is the area that, uh, over the area that their facilities cover. It does not uh, include the capacity. When you have um, commercial areas, res high density residential areas, you need more capacity during certain times of the day. These uh, small wireless uh, communication facilities will help boost that power, help your download speed. So that's why they are needed in more locations where a tower-based uh, WCF um, might span out or cover uh, a mile to two miles. These uh, small WCFs are a lot smaller. Uh, a lot smaller of an area and that's why they need more of them. Um, there's basically three wireless carriers, Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, but they are uh, several different wireless contractors. And the wireless contractors you we will see will come in and possibly install these facilities and then lease them back to those three main car carriers. Um, they are estimating that by 2026, there'll be almost a million different small uh, WCFs around the country. So what, what started all this is back in 1996, there was the Telecommunications Act, which gave local municipalities the authority to regulate these wireless communications facilities. Um, they, um, may not on that that federal law said you may not regulate wireless services based on environmental or health effects of radio frequency emissions the fcc has sole authority over those radio frequency emissions you can't add additional requirements to them you can and this ordinance do, does require certifications from the carrier or the uh, facility um, or the wireless contractors saying that they don't exceed those FCC standards, but you can't add additional requirements, cannot add those additional requirements to the radio frequencies. Um, you also can't require effective prohibition, 
which means that you can't say they all have to be underground because these are antenna and all antenna have to be above ground. That would be an effective prohibition. Um, then in 2018, there was an FCC order. What's that, Jerry? No, I'm sorry, that's a question. Okay, uh, interrupt me anytime. Um, there was an FCC order that established newly defined small wireless facilities um, and gave um, time periods for which these applications can uh, have to be reviewed in. And then in 2021, June, end of June last year, Pennsylvania got into the act by Act 50, which established state level requirements for these small wireless communication facilities. They mirrored many federal requirements, but they also uh, defined what a small wireless communication facility is. And it is, and I think it's important to read this right from the ordinance, a facility where antenna are mounted 50 feet or less in height is no more than 10% taller than any other adjacent structures is not extended to a height of more than 50 feet or by more than 10% above its original height as a result of a co-location. Each antenna associated with the deployment excluding the accessory equipment is no more than three cubic feet in volume and all accessory equipment associated with the WCF is cumulatively no more than 28 cubic feet in volume and a couple other uh, minor things. And I uh, had John pass out the picture, which is what a small WCF looks like. You see, it's not a tower. It's not a huge antenna on a roof. It's these small compact uh, facilities that we're gonna see more and more of. That's the antenna part. And then the control uh, accessory equipment that can't be any bigger than 28 cubic feet is that uh, little uh, square control box. cabinet, right, box. <laughs> I used a proper engineering term. Yes. <laughs> okay, so the proposed ordinance um, establishes the definitions, as I said, it replaces the existing ordinance. Um, the state ordinance um, says that you can have standards, um, but they have to be objective. They have to clearly and specifically spell out what the requirements are, and they have to be published in advance. Small WCFs are allowed in every district within the right of way everywhere. You can regulate them outside the right of way and in what districts they are. And this ordinance attempts to state that outside of the right of way, they should be allowed only in districts that have above ground facilities. And I think, but I think we could be a little more clear in the ordinance on that respect. But that's an important aspect of this ordinance is that these small WCFs are allowed in every zoning district within the right of way in the jointure. And they have to be by federal and state law. So what can you control? You can control the tower-based WCFs and the non-tower-based WCFs, 
like are in the existing ordinance and this ordinance replaces that. Um, you can control how the applications are processed currently in the ordinance. It is an administrative task by the zoning officer. It wouldn't come, the small WCFs wouldn't come in front of the planning commission. Um, you can control the design requirements for the WCFs. And as part of the ordinance is the design manual. And the design manual is something that this planning commission and the board should look closely at because that is what you can change. And that was also in the packet. So what they're proposing, we cannot change that. They, the, where they're located, you cannot change. You can't change the time frames, how long the, the zoning officer or the municipality has to approve them. You can't change that. Um, and you can't change the radio frequency emissions and uh, you can't charge a larger fee um, than what is allowed by law. I believe right now the largest fee you can charge is $270 per site per location and that has to be within your uh, fee schedule. So if these small WCFs are within the township owned right of way, you can charge that fee, but it has to be in your fee schedule. But what's 270 bucks per site per location? Michelle, just a question. When you say that, I guess our, our government ability has to do with design, but we're limited in design. So I say design wants to have the house, that can't be. And if I say that well, the design needs to have some type of leading, coded, something that restricts its signal, that can't be either. Correct. So as we, when we talk about design, there's going to be certain heights that this thing has to be, and I can't say design has to be a five foot high work. So there's, even though they say we have governing ability over design, there's limitations of the use of the design. Correct. So, but what you can um, talk about or put in the ordinance are stealth um, factors such as um, the color of the antenna or the cabinet, um, the um, signage, they are, you are allowed to, they are allowed only to have the name of the facility, operator, and a telephone number, emergency uh, contact number. That is all they are allowed to Not have. Really no, cannot be flashing. No, I, I don't. It didn't mention anything about flashing in there. It did not mention anything in there. Um, but you can talk about the size of it, uh, of the signage that is, uh, that could be uh, allowed. And that is all in your design manual. If there is something specific that you want, put it in the design manual. This design manual talks about um, the location. It says that these facilities should be located at least 10 feet away from a driveway and should not be located directly across the street from another driveway. So there are things like that that you can put in the design manual. You could require it to be a decorative pole, which is in the design manual. But to me, what is a decorative pole? Is it a certain color? Is it fluted? Is it have something special on top of it? That are, that those are things that you can add to the well, ordinance. They are going to add them onto our existing what already exists in the township, right? That's going to be uh, if they have to first try to put it on an existing pole. 
If there are no existing poles, such as in many of the developments, everything is underground, then they're allowed to put in another pole. Like my street has all underground. So they are allowed to put in a pole within the right-of-way on the street as long as it's 10 feet away from a driveway on either side of the driveway and it's not located directly across from a driveway on the other side of the street. You could. You could. That's why it's been so hardly fought for this many years, at least five years. Michelle, I had a question about some other kind of easement, the electric um, uh, facility easement. Electric utilities easement, which can be actually located within your property line. Mm -hmm. Well, within 10 feet of a driveway, I mean, they could come down the street with all underground. Yes, but the, the, the right of way and this electric utility easement are two different areas. Could be. Uh, the what I've heard was that the electric utility easement could be actually in your front yard and they could put it there as what I heard. I don't know if that's true or not. Tell me what you mean by electric easement. That I don't know. Utilities, utilities easement. Uh, like Pico has easements all over the place. Where there are power lines, there are sewer easements for the sewer lines. Okay. The water company has easements for the water lines. They're everywhere. Well, so you're saying that they're, 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 you can put these these poles and these facilities on those easements with permission. Of in my in my with neighborhood, the of the property, with the permission of the, the property utility. owner and the utility. Well, I, I, I no, you just said utility, not the property owner. I said utility owner. Yeah. yeah, not the property owner. Well, an easement. Well. Jerry is the attorney, I'm not the attorney, but an easement on my property, I still own the property, they have a right to put their specific utility within that easement. They don't have a right, if it's a, if it's a stormwater easement, to me, they don't have a right to put in a uh, electric pole in a stormwater easement that is recorded. No, but they may have a right to put in a, a wireless facility pole on the, uh, an electric easement that Pico says they can, even if it's crossing your property. Not only they won't do that, but the homeowner will not be able to block that from happening. If Pico agrees to it, and, the, and what Verizon says, this is the best place for us to put it for coverage reasons, the homeowner would have a very difficult time fighting that off. So basically, they can plot one of them down in somebody's front yard? Well, they, they or, the design manual also says that it should not be located within the front facade of your residential building. So it should really be on the side, but can't be within the front yard. It cannot be within the front yard. No, it can be, but not within the front facade of your house. So that you have your house and then you have the, your side yards. It could be in that side yard, if not extend your front of your house all the way to the street. It could be in the side portion that's still your property. And there are medical effects to people from these things, but you can't fight it because of that either, right? It's a federal communications yeah, law that says you cannot. The Communications Act of 1996 and the new Pennsylvania Act 50 both 
make it next to impossible to, to bring in medical scientific proofs of any damage that could be caused. Matter of fact, what's going on now that there's some litigation against the FCC, because they're the ones that sort of are supposed to be making, be making the regulations for this. Uh, and it, it's sort of questionable whether it's going to go. It's going to be going on forever, not making any progress. So I'm not sure what the outcome of that's going to be. But the reality is that it's difficult for a municipality to fight once a state has passed the law. Uh, and the, the best way for that to, to move forward as far as challenging it is by private citizens, residents, challenging it. They can make it a class action. They can find a, you know, legal support And groups. Pennsylvania has passed the law. <laughs> yes, yeah. it was passed in June. It went into effect in, in mm -hmm. August 29th of last year. Every um, new application must have a um, plans and drawings that are signed and sealed by a professional engineer licensed in Pennsylvania that states that they will not that they will comply with all applicable FCC regulations. That is a requirement that they will be required to submit. They have to, um, cannot exceed the standards and regulations of the FCC. They have to, I had a whole list. They cannot, they have to adhere to the American National Standards Institute, the Electronics Industry Association, and the Telecommunications Industry Association standards. So even though it's, it's been found to be detrimental today? Yes. Well, uh, the other thing is, when we discussed this at the jointure, I was under the impression that it's all good to have this design manual. Yes. But the companies don't have to comply with our design requests. They're just like requests. And so now you're saying that these companies, Verizon, uh, for example, are not the T-Mobile, are not the ones coming to the township to say we won't go to put poles here. It's another company that leases it to these companies. It could be either or. Yeah. And they do have to adhere to the design manual as long as it is not an, eff an effective prohibition. You cannot say that... Um, encase it in lead. Encase it in lead. You cannot say that they have to be all underground because no, that no, would no, be but I'm saying it, it, But you can require it to be on fluted poles, black fluted poles. We can require it. You you're saying we can actually require it and they have to abide by our requirement. Uh, for certain, you, you have to tell me what that requirement is that you want well, to put in. Well, I, yes. I want to vote for green poles. I don't know. Yes. To look like trees. Huh? So they would have to comply with that. In other words, it has to be objective. It cannot be subjective. You cannot say, "Oh, I want a pole that looks nice," because what's nice, right? I recall when when uh, cable TV came became active, and Verizon, in this case, was going around town installing cable in the streets um, and putting boxes every several hundred feet in the ground or above the ground. Uh, they did all the work themselves until it got to be too burdensome for them, and then they stopped buying some subcontractors. So it's the same process for this. They're not going to have 
independent like wildcatters putting up bubbles everywhere and then hoping that Verizon or AT&T is going to sort of lease them back. They're going to wait for Verizon AT&T to, to tell them where they need those things and then they'll build for them and get paid for so ultimately Verizon would have the ultimate say of where they want to place these things. Of course. 